Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Astrology Did Not Change My Life. I'm Still That Bitch, hosted by your girl, Plutonian Aquarius. That also happens to be my Instagram handle. So, if you've just been listening, but haven't followed me on my Instagram page yet, I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could show your appreciation for me and all the content that I've been creating thus far, which has been quite a lot, three months, but I've been planning it in advance as well. Please follow me on Instagram and please show your appreciation. And also, I would really encourage everybody to, I guess, comment on each week's episode. If there's something that you liked, didn't like, something that just piqued your interest, a question, you can just post it in the questions and I'll probably take a look at it and probably answer. But I do want some involvement just because <laughs> it's just me and my microphone. I don't really get much feedback, you know, quite literally because it's just me in the room by myself. Duh. So it would be nice if I knew that people were understanding my content or didn't understand it. And if there's any feedback, I would really appreciate it as well. I haven't really made like an official review system. And I know that with a lot of the podcasting platforms, it's really hard to just leave like an actual comment other than like a, like a star review. So Instagram is probably like the closest thing we have. But I may be moving on to something else in terms of creating a more accessible platform so that you can review and comment. So we'll see. Because I tried this other discussion board page. Didn't really work out that much. So I have to regroup and rethink and reevaluate. But stay tuned for that. But other than that, if you have Instagram and you want to comment on all the podcast topics that I've been talking about thus far, go ahead. Go leave a comment. But please don't be too mean. I'd appreciate it if you didn't say that. It's just crap. Without telling me why it's crap. I appreciate constructive criticism. So if you're going to leave some, please just give me some actual reasons. I'd really, really appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. And another thing that I wanted to mention before we actually get into today's content is about last week's episode with Uranus, Uranus, the great, great maverick. I like calling, I like calling him that him, her. Gender neutral, by the way, Maverick. These are planets. I don't know. I don't think we need to really put like an actual term on them in terms of gender. Sorry. Okay. I'm just going off tangent. My bad. Anyways. So with Uranus, I mentioned that wherever Uranus is placed in terms of your house system, say it's in your seventh house, which is the example that I used. I mentioned that wherever it's placed in your chart, is where you are unconventional, where you are an out-of-the-box individual. It's how you showcase the different sides to you. And it's just, you just have a different perspective on the world. And sometimes it can be different from previous generations. It can be different from, say, your own generation. And again, even if you think that, say, you prefer to be a follower and not really a leader, which is what we associate with like trendsetters. 
that doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, we still have Uranus in all of our charts for a reason. So the way that you view the world and this different perspective that you have, it doesn't have to be so dramatic that it leads to a revolution. No, we each have our own place in society that we all contribute to. We're all contributing and every little thing, little emphasis on little, because it could be little to you, but it's clearly making an impact on those around you. So it's not actually that little. Every little thing has an impact. So your perspective doesn't even have to be that dramatic that it leads to revolutions again, like I was just talking about. So say you have Uranus in your seventh house. You have a different take on relationships, on love, on equality, which is what the seventh house also represents. It's Libra's house. And Libra represents the scales, so balance. So I mentioned that it could, some, it could be something as, well, very out of the box in the sense that we're talking about polyamory, where we think with polyamorous relationships, sorry, not everybody can match every different facet to you. And so you have different individuals that you can relate to depending on your different facet. And so not everybody has to go down the polyamorous route. That is not what I was saying at all. So my apologies for that. And I wanted to clarify that. So perhaps you have a different take when it comes to love in the sense that you believe that love isn't meant to possess, but it's rather to help you grow and evolve. It's not meant to control. It shouldn't feel like a chore. And it isn't meant to restrict your freedom. And it could be something as, well, small and, well, less dramatic, if you may. Probably the wrong choice of words, I'm sorry, less dramatic. But again, that different perspective that you have can be very, very different from those around you and what you've grown up with and what models of love and relationship that you have received, especially when it comes to your friends, your family, with the media. Like, for example, that's that concept of love is what I grew up with, that love is meant to possess and control. When in reality, love and relationships is a meeting of equals. You guys are partners. And if you're partners, nobody can really try and control one another. It doesn't work that way. So the fact that you have that different perspective, it's revolutionary in its own way. And you don't have to go around telling people that from like a soapbox. No, you can continue just living your life following that perspective that you have and you stay true to yourself and you follow through with it and you make sure that you use it every time you are in a situation where you have to think about relationships, where you have to be in a relationship, where you have to think about love. And just by... Just by doing that one little act. Oh my God, I'm going to sound so cheesy right now. I am so sorry. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Ugh. So that's how your Uranus placement can essentially change the world. You stay true to yourself. And you truly believe that this is what makes sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else.
You're not doing it for the sake of being different so that people can recognize you. Because if you do that, that's when Uranus comes in and like whoops your ass. These collective planets always whoop your ass if you go against their principles, really, is what I always like to say. So if you're doing it because you want recognition, nobody's going to care. And if anything, you'll feel more isolated. You should only be doing it because it's true to you and it makes sense to you. And if you simply just continue doing that, everybody else around you will notice that. And maybe not everybody will try and adapt or take on these different principles that you know are true to you. But maybe if at least one person decides, hey, I'm going to change the way that I have my, I view my friendships, for example, then you know you've done something. And that is how your Uranus sign can go about changing the world. Now, moving on again to today's topic, I'm going to be talking about another collective planet. So the first one was Uranus. And I I believe some can argue that Jupiter and Saturn are also collective planets, but honestly, it's up for interpretation and it's up for discussion. But I really believe that Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are the three main collective planets because they affect generations very distinctly versus Jupiter and Saturn. They're usually in each zodiac sign for like a year or two. So I wouldn't necessarily say that they're as much of a collective planet because your Jupiter and Saturn signs can be different even within a generation because a generation could affect like 10 to 20 years. And that's what these bad boys do. And so the whole idea, and I don't think I addressed it that well in last week's episode, so I do want to talk about it today. With collective planets is that because they affect a generation, we're moving away from that personal energy that you have, that intimate energy that you have, if you may, of your personal planets, and we're moving into, again, that social aspect that Jupiter and Saturn also play a role of. But Jupiter and Saturn kind of just introduce you to your place in society so that now you can move on to these big guys, these big bad boys, <laughs> Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, so that you can really understand that the way society kind of functions. And that's what these collective planets teach you. They teach you about these underworkings of, well, a society. Because when you're aware of the nuances that make up society, you will not become a victim or become vulnerable to how sometimes society tries to control you and take advantage of you. And how sometimes you are the product of, of society and of the world around you. You know, that idea of nurture versus nature. Where yes, you have the genetic component, which is nature. But with nurture, how you're raised by your parents, and they don't have to be your biological parents, play also a very huge role in creating the person that you are. 
And at the end of the day, we are a product of our environment. And so that whole argument has has existed for a very long time. And as an individual who has a psych minor, I can tell you that we will probably never be able to reach a conclusion because both those components are very important. So you can think of that. Your personal planets are that genetic makeup, that nature in, within you. So those are the things that you can't control. You are born with those. But we can also argue that nature, you also can't control it. You can't control who raises you. And so with these social planets, with Jupiter and Saturn, and then the collective planets with Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, they're nature. Those are the societal aspects that mold you as an individual. And sometimes the only way we can understand how or what we are a product of is by understanding, yes, we can understand ourselves from that personal level, from those personal planets, but also by understanding the society that made us. And in doing that as well, we can kind of also have compassion and empathy for the different individuals that surround us within our society, whether they're older individuals, whether there's younger individuals. Because if you think about it, there's just such a huge disconnect between the older generation and the generation that follows them and then the even younger generation, right? We're always like, okay, boomer, or ugh, millennials. And what the hell is Gen Z up to now? When I was a kid, when I was your age, we didn't have access to all this technology. And technology is rotten in everybody's brains. Blah, blah, blah. It's, <laughs> and there's just a constant fight. And it's hilarious to actually watch in action, really, because we all come from different time periods. We all come from different worlds. And the perspectives that each of us have to offer are just as significant. Nobody is better than others. We build from the previous generation. And sometimes we build from the good things. Sometimes we have to fix the bad things. But that happens when we understand the nuances that each generation had to go through and why they act a certain, like a certain way that they do and why they have certain perceptions, whether they be good or bad. And when we do that, when we are able to do that, we're able to bridge that gap and that disconnect. And so that's how we move forward and we build in a perfect world that's how we build our society to be better. We learn from our mistakes and we make sure that we don't do it again. But does that happen? That's also still up for discussion. Duh. <laughs> and so I really love talking about the collective planets because it teaches you to look at a bigger picture. That's what these planets are telling you. And whether or not you're more aware of, I guess, those insidious forces that are present within a society and all the underworkings that make up our civilization it depends on what's going on in your chart some of us are more aware of it or, um, than others and you don't have to be it doesn't make it a bad thing that's why you have these individuals who are aware who have this deeper connection to those collective planets meaning that they have access to the collective energies that are present in their world and they are there for a reason because now they are there to educate you and tell you. They're the first ones to speak up about these things and that's okay. Your role, your journey, doesn't necessarily have to match those individuals and that's okay. 
we each play a role in our own way and we each have our own journeys. And so I love talking about the collective planets because Pluto and Uranus are very strong planets in my chart. So individuality, staying true to who you are, that is something that is very dear and true to me. I'm not, I'm not really that aware of Neptune in the same way as people that have a stronger Neptune influence in their charts. But Pluto, Pluto and I also have a very special relationship. Pluto is also a very strong planet in my chart. So when I talk about Pluto next week, you'll understand that these collective energies and these planets, it can make it seem like you have access to so much more that's going on in the world, but sometimes it, it, can cre it can be a little bit isolating. Because you're so aware of what's going on in the world and you realize that the people around you, the people in your generation, aren't necessarily as, as necessarily as aware of what's going on. And sometimes when you try and tell them, they, they're not always ready to listen to those messages. But you have to try and bridge that gap as well. So as great as it is to have access to that level of, I guess, understanding, if people aren't ready to hear those messages, you just sound like you're crazy. I'll be, I'll be real honest. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You sound like you're talking out of your ass. But that's okay. Because when I mentioned bridging the gap, you have to find a halfway point. You have to find a middle and try and explain things to people that will make sense to them. And that itself is a journey. And that's why when we reach out to those collective energies, to the collective planets, we don't really go into them until later on in life. Because at the end of the day, we still have, to, we still have our own journey to try and understand ourselves, right? Trying to understand our sun and build our ego. Well, not even our ego, I mean, your confidence. And then your emotional journey is its own dilemma. Because we don't like to talk about our emotions. We don't like to address them. Trying to resolve any wounds you have when it comes to your intellect. So you still have to build your mercury. Self-love and love in general, the idea of love and relationships. That itself can take a lifetime to figure out as well. And so that's where your Venus comes in, right? So you have the responsibility at the end of the day to really understand yourself. Because when you do that, you can build that strong sense of self. And if you want, later on, you can delve into the collective planets. And on top of that, you have to figure out how you're going to give back now that you've, you've built yourself, right? You've built your personality. What your place in society is. Because at the end of the day, we have to exist in society. And that's where Jupiter and Saturn come in. And you can stop there if you want, and that's okay. Because again, that takes a whole lifetime, right? And that's why Saturn usually represents your old age. But if you want to venture off into learning about more about the collective energies 
then you can go delve into your Neptune, your Uranus, and your Pluto on a deeper level. But if not, you can just understand that those energies are still present in your chart and they're there. And you don't have to go deeper into them if you don't want to because it can be so abstract and wary. To like, well, wary is not the right word. It can make you wary to actually delve into them is what I meant. But again, I always like to say that if it's something that is very hard to wrap your mind around sometimes, and that's okay. You don't have to go beyond that. That's okay. We each have our own journeys and man, oh man, is existing in the real world. Is it tough? It's real freaking tough. So the choice is yours. But there's people like me that exist who are there to teach you about these things if you want to. And if not, that's okay. I can also respect that. And at the end of the day, that's something that I really struggled with as well. And that's actually a very Neptunian theme, which is perfect for today's episode again, is that if somebody doesn't want to understand or learn... Don't force them. Let them come to it on their own terms. Let them go through their own journey. Let them make their own mistakes, and that's okay. Even if you know, even if you have that insight into the future of what would happen if they made that mistake, it doesn't matter. They have to go through their own journey and learn their own mistakes and learn from those mistakes. So what the hell does Neptune even mean? So in terms of the collective energies... Uranus is when you have that awakening that there is something bigger and greater than our current existence with the cosmos, with the universe. That in a way, there's a world greater and bigger than us. But Neptune is when you actually delve into that outer world. And this is where things start to get a little bit scary. Oh my God, I almost said crazy again where things start to get a little bit scary because this is where you kind of cross boundaries and you get into a place that you don't have any control over because, and for anybody who has had a connection with spirituality, whether that be with religion, and for a lot of us, it is through religion organized, institutionalized, institutionalized spiritual groups like religion. And that's why they exist, because these Neptunian themes of spirituality can be very abstract and very weird. Like, it quite literally is weird. Like, the cosmos? What the heck? Spirit? Huh? Divine union? What? I didn't, I didn't know about that for years, man. I was like, huh? what are you talking about? So Neptune, the key words describing Neptune is the great mystic. It's a very big spiritual energy. It represents dreams and illusions. And those two can sometimes go hand in hand. It's all the things that we don't understand. All the things that don't make sense. And oftentimes that can be your subconscious. All the things that we hide away. Because they evade rational thinking. 
They evade logic. And so it's everything that we're not aware of because sometimes we just don't want to address it. So to be able to delve into that, all the things that are kind of really different than what we know, than what exists in the 3D for us, everything that we can rationalize and understand with our five senses and can put into the three-dimensional world that we live in. And so I was talking about the 5D a bit in last week's episode, and Uranus kind of has that understanding. Neptune delves right into it. Neptune shows it to you, and it's terrifying. And there's so many different origin stories and myths when it comes to Neptune that I probably will not actually talk about one in depth. Sorry to disappoint, actually. And so... Again, if you do want to read up on a lot of the myths, I suggest going to Jessica Davidson. She has a great post about the myths, myth, sorry, myth, myth, the origin stories of Neptune. There we go. But if you want a book as well, and I always recommend books, Liz Green. She also has a great book about Neptune, actually multiple great books, sorry, apologies. And Liz, Liz Green talks about it from a very esoteric perspective. Again, spiritual, where we're focused on trying to be in better individuals. And Jessica Davidson goes into all of the different stories. But the funny part is, is that there's so many stories. But yet we don't know how to really truly understand Neptune. And that is a very Neptunian concept is that you cannot be defined, you cannot be boxed in. So we're taking that energy of Uranus and building on it. Oh, ooh, chills. I love talking about this so much. Ooh. So yes, we notice that there's something different, that there's something that doesn't make sense within our society. And Neptune is like, it's all the things that we've been ignoring, baby. It's all of the illusions that we have kept to actually say that we're rational, humans, we're civilized. But you can't have rational without irrational. You can't have good without bad. You cannot have light without dark. It's a dichotomy. And so Neptune represents all of the things that we ignore within our society. Because there are some things that just we cannot define. The same way that there isn't really a significant, distinct story to talk about Neptune's origins and myths. There's a lot of things that we will never be able to understand, but we must just let it flow and let it flow to understand it. We shouldn't try and box it at all. Uranus doesn't want us to box. Uranus wants us to accept all of the weird. But what exactly is the weird, right? And so the actual like overarching theme behind Neptune is water, water imagery. So water is a very universal concept in many different spiritual concepts, religions. And that's because water is the root of all life. 
It's the origin of life. The human body is 70% water. Earth is so much more different than all the other planets that exist within our galaxy. Actually, not galaxy. My apologies again. Our solar system versus all of the other planets that exist is because we have water. And water is what has helped create life and has allowed for us to come into fruition and exist on this planet. If we did not have water, well, man, oh, man, would we not be here? <laughs> and it's really exciting stuff now with Mars is that they found some water on Mars. It's frozen, but the Earth was also frozen too when we first came in to the universe. Can you tell that I really loved astronomy as a child? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's really exciting stuff that Mars now has water on this planet. And we didn't know about it for years. So potentially there could be life on Mars that we don't know about. But the scientists are trying really, really, really hard to try and figure out if there is. And oh my gosh, that would be really cool. But it could also mean that um everybody's going to try and move to Mars. But... For Mars to be sustainable as a, a planet like Earth, it would take many, many years. Just so you know. So don't keep your hopes up. We're not going to be moving to Mars in our lifetime. No, 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 no. So water is the root of it all. And we all come from water. And there's so much imagery when it comes to water, when it comes to, well, childbirth as well. When we're in the womb, we're surrounded by water. We're in this amniotic fluid. We come from that amniotic fluid. And so that's our origins. And so we come from water. And when we pass, we go back to water. It's, cycl it's cyclical. Oh my gosh, I was going to say sick. Sorry, guys. It's cyclical. It's eternal. And water flows anywhere. It literally takes the shape of wherever it's placed in. And, oh, you know, another, another cliche saying. But hey, 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 I love Bruce Lee. So I'm going to say it. The best martial artists are the ones that are fluid, not the ones who box themselves. And so you can, be, you can, you can learn for many, many years and you can train really hard. But if you are not adaptable, how are you going to be a good fighter? You can learn all of the martial arts in the world, but if you're not able to adapt to your opponent, how are you going to win your fight, right? And that's something that I can talk about because I have Mars and Pisces. I have a Neptune-influenced Mars. So that's something that I really had to work with, trying to address my anger as well. That sometimes anger is about not letting things flow. When we restrict ourselves, that's where that anger builds up. When we address our anger, when we let it flow, that's where we're giving our anger expression and it needs to have expression. And so Bruce Lee always said that, be like water. Let yourself flow. And that's what the whole idea of martial arts, martial arts is, is that you want to be able to adapt take on any form because when you're able to do that you can survive anything 
You can be anything. And that's why with Neptune, it's that idea of illusions because you can be anything you want. And that's really scary stuff to think about. Because if you can be anything you want, if you can take on any form, who are you? Right? And so acting, arts, is a very Neptune concept. Because we are transcending these boundaries. Because we take on any form. And why can we take on any form? It's because we're all interconnected. So that's the whole idea of Neptune and water imagery is that water connects us all. It's the source of life. And the whole Neptune idea and this Neptune vision is that we are all interconnected because we all come from that one same source. You can say it's water, but now if you use esoteric concepts, and this is something that my Reiki practitioner really has talked about that I didn't understand until I embarked on my own spiritual journey, was that spirit is the blueprint. We all come from this blueprint. This is our origin. And again, it's a wacky concept if it's not something that you're used to. But that's where, again, you need to have this strong sense of self. You need to have a strong relationship with your personal planets to really truly understand Neptune. Because if we can be anything, you will simply just cease to exist. That sense of self that you work so hard to build can actually just dissolve away. And if you don't have a strong sense of self, you can actually become like dissuaded, persuaded by the masses and the world around you. But it's also really funny because Neptune tells you that everything that you've built can become meaningless. Because when we die, we all die the same way. And we're all bound to die and return back to our origins. So the way that you view the world changes. And you, it should be different in the sense that we need to have compassion for each other. The things and the labels that we use to define ourselves, like I'm smart, so I can only be smart. When in reality, we can have multiple layers to us. Or I'm better because I have this higher paying job. When in reality, all of that could just dissolve in an instant. And that's what Neptune reminds you is that we have to go with the flow of things. By limiting ourselves, we run the risk of, again, losing everything, really. And so when you understand that nothing, nothing is ever truly eternal, which, again, another very Saturn concept, and they all are interconnected for a reason, that's when you realize that, again, it can create a form of nihilism that, well, nothing matters, and it's true. Sometimes nothing can matter. But it makes you understand that because everything could be gone in an instant, we should always work and strive to be better individuals and not just be defined by these materialistic things that we think make us better than other individuals. And so now going along those lines, that we have to go with the flow because nothing is really eternal or constant. We have to understand that Neptune has always been known 
as a plan of, of illusions, of escapism. And because of that, a lot of people are afraid of Neptune. Because wherever Neptune is, and you can think about Neptune in your chart as somewhere you don't really understand. And the more you try and understand, the more it slips out of your hand. It slips away from your understanding. And it makes things really fuzzy. That water, it feels like you're underwater. That water imagery. And that's because we're trying to box ourselves. We're not going with the flow. We're resisting. When in reality, water flows everywhere. And we have to just let ourselves kind of go with the flow. And what the hell does that mean? Like we just let go of all responsibilities. No. That essentially just means that when we do things, we have to take away that attachment. And so that's where that whole spiritual idea of Neptune comes in as well. And we can have these dreams, we can have these ideals, we can have these visions. Because when you transcend boundaries... You're kind of delving into, well, the subconscious. Now you don't have that barrier between your conscious mind and your subconscious. And your subconscious is often your dreams. And dreams can sometimes be illusions. And Neptune is not telling you that you have to kind of just fall into illusions. It's not telling you about that, that everything is an illusion. No, it's telling you about the illusions that are present in your way of understanding. And again... By boxing and limiting ourselves to things that we think can keep us safe, when in reality there's really no sense of safety, anything can be taken away from you. And the best way that I can say it is when we're like, okay, well, I'll be okay because I have this much money in my bank account. I'll be fine. I can buy all the nice things that I want. And who cares about the homeless individuals? I am better than them because I worked my ass off. I am not that homeless guy who thinks that he can just beg his way into getting money just so that he can go off and shoot it up. And I'm just telling you things that I have heard. Most of us in the big cities live paycheck to paycheck. And if there is one month that we can't pay rent, we could easily be out on the streets like that homeless individual. And I grew up in the big city. And in the last couple of years since the pandemic, I've been noticing that there has been way more homeless individuals out on the streets than when I was a kid. Why? So when you see things like that, that should be your first question. Why? Take away those judgments. Yes, judgments and perceptions that society has fed to you, that has given you a false sense of security. And that's what Neptune wants you to realize about illusions that are present within society. Illusions can give you this false sense of security. The same way that sometimes dreams can. And dreams can mean things that also give you hope for the future. But sometimes you have to realize if your dream is stopping you from living in the present moment. And that's when we get into illusions. And so with illusions, having this false sense of security that you will never be that homeless individual can mean that it means nothing, really, actually, just nothing. You could easily be that homeless individual the next day 
And so that's what Neptune is present. It talks about all of the things that we ignore and we don't want to talk about. We don't want to address. All the irrational, all the bad, all the scary. And so when we transcend boundaries and we realize that we're all interconnected, it gives us this beautiful compassion, this deeper understanding to spirituality, deeper understanding that we all are protected because we all come from spirit and that we all come from this origin, this eternal force, life source, whether it's water, whether it's spirit, it creates that compassion. But Neptune also reminds you that the world has many different facets to it. And it's also a dichotomy that you cannot exist in this world without understanding that there is another side that exists, that you could also be in that other side. Just like you have your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, you have to understand there's good and bad within you as well. You are the saint and the sinner. You are the angel and the devil. You are not one thing. And when you only just identify and over-identify with one thing, that's when Neptune comes to whoop your ass. And holy shit, can it be terrifying when Neptune strikes down. Because, <laughs> oh man, all of the stuff that you've ignored, all of the murky things that you think don't affect you, that you are not irrational, that you don't have this dark side, that you will probably never be poor, that old age and disease will never get to you. It will come crashing down onto you and it will just disarm you and you'll feel like you're drowning. And that's sometimes what happens with Neptune transits. You feel like you're drowning because all of the things that you ignored, they come rushing up from the deeper waters of your subconscious. And that's what Neptune is all about. And there is one story that I will talk about to help solidify this concept. So this Greek story, when it comes to Neptune. So Neptune itself comes from the Roman word. But the Roman origins don't really give a true understanding of Neptune. And the Greek equivalent is Poseidon. But Poseidon was not known to be a very compassionate man. He had a force, he had, like he had a temper. And he ruled over, yeah, he was a god of water. And so I guess that's a water imagery when it comes to Neptune. But it has a very masculine undertone to it. And water is a very feminine concept. Not feminine in the sense of like, oh, it's girly. No. Feminine in the sense that it's emotional. And that things flow. That's a whole feminine idea. And water is a very feminine energy. And so the Greek story that I'll be using to actually help under help you guys so, like understand Neptune is about Orpheus and Eurydice, his wife. Because again, Neptune and like Poseidon don't do don't do justice to Neptune's beautiful energy. Beautiful but scary energy. And so with Orpheus, he was a singer, and then one day his wife, that he truly dearly loved, died. And so he made a deal with 
the god of the underworld, Hades. And he was, he begged, he begged for his um, wife's life and to be able to return back to, like, return, oh my gosh, return back to the world, real world, I guess, the land of the living with his wife. Because right now she was in the land of the dead, which is Hades' domain. And Hades said, hey, you could, you can have her back, of course, but you are not to look back. You look back, and unfortunately, she will have to return back to the land of the dead. And everything was great, and he did, and he was like, yeah, I got my wife back. But Orpheus decided to look back. And of course, you can't fuck around with death. Uh-uh. So unfortunately, she had to go back to the land of the dead. And Orpheus was heartbroken. And as he was trying to walk out of the world of the underworld, he met like a group of maenads who were like, hey, come and join us in the party. Maenads are like a group of like, I guess, women who were just having the time of their lives and just partying it up. And they like, apparently they go really crazy and they go hard. Um, but they're, but sometimes it can be scary because it's so frenzied and everything. And so, essentially, because he said no, they tore him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tore him up. So he died as well for saying no. And so what the hell does all of that mean? Because it was a very, very sad story. And contrary to popular opinion, Neptune can sometimes represent that stuff, that dark stuff. It's not all sunshines and rainbows. Like some, some astrologers argue that Neptune represents. But essentially, because Orpheus didn't follow the rules of the underworld, and he didn't go with the flow, and he resisted, he didn't have faith. And that's sometimes the thing that gets to us is that we don't believe that there is something greater greater than us that is protecting us and connecting us. And that we have any sense of control. We don't. And that's so scary to really think about. Ugh. We don't have a sense of control. We have to go with the flow. When you resist, that's when things get taken away from you. And so that's what I mean by go with the flow. If you just go with the flow and let it go, you'll get what you want. No. By letting go and by letting go of attachment is when things work out for you. You have to have faith that everything that is meant to be for you will find its way to you. So yes, you can work hard. You can continue being a good person. You can continue working towards your goals. But having that attachment and when you don't get it can destroy you. It can crumble you. So that dream that you had, sometimes it can crush you because you're not able to reach it. But if you know that you did a good job and that you, were, you still were able to reach that and have that journey, that itself should be enough to sustain you. Because sometimes when we say, oh, I'll just be happier if I have that car. I'll just be happier if I have those clothes. When you eventually get that car, then you'll want the next thing. That's because you're never satisfied. When some people have even less than you do, and they're completely happy and content. Why? Because they know that they're safe. They know that they have a way to get to work. They have a source of transportation. They're happy. They know that their family, their family loves them. They know that they've been able to feed their family. It's a job well done. 
And that's where that whole idea of that spiritual concept with Neptune comes in. You don't have to go on this huge spiritual journey and see God for you to realize that there is divinity within every action that you have done. Divinity surrounds us all. So the real way to actually truly understand and experience this beautiful Neptunian energy, this transcendental energy, really, is when you put yourself in situations of compassion, of knowing that, or situations where it doesn't matter who or what you are. The fact that you exist in that moment is what matters. Think about that relationship and that connection that we have with animals. Your pet and you do not even speak the same language, but yet you know your pet loves you to death. How do you know that? You feel it. Because there are some things that we will never understand, but yet they exist. How do some people have very little compared to us and how are they happy? Because they have a sense of contentment knowing that they did what they could. So that's the negative side of Neptune is where we think that we are greater, we are better because we have this spiritual understanding. We have seen God. It makes us better. And these visions that we have, these visions that we have should be to make the world a better place, not so that we can be better. And so when you sit down and understand that there's so many different things that we don't know around us, but yet it's there. How, like for example, how do babies even know that they are safe with their parents? They just do. And they just take you for who you are. They don't care that their parent was a doctor. They don't care that their parent wasn't a doctor. They just know that they're a parent that loves them dearly. That's all that matters. It's like little things like that where you find that beauty, that compassion, where you can't even define it and it just makes sense. So wherever Neptune is in your chart, wherever it's placed, things that you have an understanding to and you have that deeper connection to, but you don't understand why. And you don't have to. And you just simply have to experience it and feel it. My Neptune is in my third house of communication. Sometimes I can really feel what other people are telling me. I can feel their feelings and I don't know why. I've always been that person. And wherever Neptune is, is where we have that deeper empathy because we're so connected with them because we don't have that boundary. So I can, I can actually anticipate what some people will say. It's weird. And I mold myself and my conversation style to reflect the other individual. I accommodate for them depending on what they know, what they don't know. And what their levels are, I guess, of understanding, age group, like it doesn't matter. I will figure out a way to make things easier for them to understand. I will change everything. And it's not because I have a sense of superiority of my intelligence, which I did try to define myself a lot by my intelligence. When in reality, intelligence has to be able to transcend boundaries 
Because if you have all of this knowledge and you're not even able to relay it to other people, what's the point? And that's what Neptune tells you. Yes, you've made these discoveries. Those Uranian discoveries, that lightning flashes of inspiration that you have. But if it doesn't even help connect us to our origins, which essentially can sometimes mean helping individuals and understanding the world around us and making us, I guess, better, making us better as humans, then what's the point? Right? What's the point of all these medical discoveries if they aren't actually helping people feel comfortable around the idea of death? Things like that. And so with Neptune, it's also these ideals that we have within a generation. And so Neptune can affect Again, the generation. And so if you're not necessarily aware of all of the illusions that are present within our society, within your generation, you can become influenced by this mass mentality. Propaganda is a very Neptune concept where you see people kind of cave in to this irrational deeper underlying darker side within them because they believe that they're better they're ignoring that side within them that exists and that's where that's that negative manifestation of neptune so the side that you ignore and don't really understand try and understand it in the sense that you have to fully allow it to flow so there's a side of me and my intelligence that I don't understand. It's, I get lightning flash, flashing, lightning flashes of inspiration. I don't know why I understand how certain people are feeling or what certain people are even saying. I can sometimes, it's like weird telepathy, as weird as that sounds. I can sometimes understand what a person is telling me before they've even told me. I'm really good with nonverbal communication sometimes. It's weird. I don't understand it, actually. But if I just stuck to what rational, cold heart rationality that I grew up with, then I could actually succumb to having like a superiority complex when it comes to my intelligence. And I would ignore this bigger world outside of just the logic, logical world that exists. I would probably never have been able to delve into the spiritual side. I probably would have never even been able to delve into astrology. And then I would wake up one morning and I, I would feel disconnected from the world around me because I ignored that side within me. And so that's what Neptune is telling you to do. When you do that, when you ignore that there are different sides to you, different facets past, present within society, that's when you fall prey to mass propaganda, mass media. And that's why media works so well. They cater to those individuals that aren't aware of the effects that society can have on you. And they make use of it. And they use it to their advantage. Advertisements do that all the time. It's a huge, huge concept. And it's a huge business corporation. They try and figure out what it is that people are more gravitating towards these days. And they use it to their advantage 
and they give you these silent subliminal messages so that you kind of absorb it and you don't even question it. And then you wake up one morning and you kind of just regurgitating everything that was fed to you and you don't even know why. Remember what I was talking about when it came to love? We were, we were fed these silent subliminal messages that love has to be violent. It has to be passionate. It has to be aggressive because that's all we were fed. Whenever they would show some violent man, like basically to like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to reference Euphoria because that's the one I recently saw. And I was like, oh my God, no. Huh. Huh. But essentially this hot guy, um, takes the girl and basically slams her up against the wall and then they kiss she did not consent to it if she consented to it it's very different completely different she did not consent to it but there is romantic music playing in the background so that is a subliminal message we absorb about love that that is what love is or we're like oh my god that's so romantic people are in the background going oh my gosh it's so hot no it's not no you have to question that question it why do we care about the Kardashians? Why are we getting, these fed, getting fed these messages about the Kardashians? Why? Why are we giving them importance? And then we wonder why people want girls or the beauty standards are now what the Kardashians look like. Have we ever made that connection? Mm-hmm. So that's essentially what propaganda is. And Neptune is telling you that these are things that are present within society that we don't talk about, that we just like unconsciously absorb. And we have to actually sit down and think about all of these unconscious, again, messages that we were fed to. That we were fed, sorry, we were fed to. We were fed and actually try and understand that we are sometimes a product of our environment. And we have to address them in order to grow and evolve as individuals because if we don't we're just going to continue making the same mistakes and we're going to let ourselves be controlled by society i I know i sound like a conspiracy theorist as i'm saying that but neptune wants you to wake up and i guess i can say that because i come from the uranus in aquarius generation and also the neptune in aquarius generation so uranus talks about all the things that can change the world So we are the internet generation. Internet has created so much more accessibility for the world around us. But there's also the negative side that we don't address because it's just our world. It's the world that we exist in. It's so mainstream for us. That media actually creates a disconnect from having that human connection because all we see is a screen. And so (laughs) this is something that I always addressed growing up and nobody else wanted to talk about it is that I have never been able to truly connect with a lot of the peers of my age group because the emphasis is on likes selfies media and I can't actually sit down and have a conversation with them and that's what I want to do or how media has affected our perceptions of how we view relationship of sexuality with porn being such a mass mass invention it's become more accessible how we view sex has changed completely because of the influence of porn and we have to realize that there there are these illusions that are present within society 
Otherwise, we become controlled by it. And that's where you get all of those uh, really dramatic examples where how did, how did Nazi Germany create the Holocaust? How? Again, I'm sorry, trigger warning. I should have mentioned that beforehand. I'll probably, mm, yeah, I'm sorry, trigger warning. Should have mentioned that beforehand. But how did Nazi Germany kill all these people? These people willingly were like, yeah, they didn't question it. Because Neptune. Because these people didn't question it. Because they weren't told to think critically. And a lot of us don't grow up with that. To think critically. It's insane in that sense. And so when you don't realize that you are being fed these messages and that these thoughts and ideas that you have are actually being presented to you from the world that you grew up in, is when you fall prey to it. And you kind of just follow whatever the world around you wants you to be. And so you can see that where some people from a generation showcase those negative manifestations of Neptune because they're not questioning the world that they grew up in. While I'm on my rant on conspiracy theories, I'm actually just going to delve right into Neptune in the signs to give you a better understanding of how Neptune affects generations. So in terms of our world, there's only Neptune, because it just orbits around the sun, it takes a full 165 years and it's only in every zodiac sign for like 14 to 15 years. There's only a couple of signs that are present and that's Neptune and Virgo all the way to Pisces. So anything before Virgo, those individuals don't exist. I think a lot of them don't. Um, yeah, a lot, um, unless you're like 110, then maybe like the Neptune and like Leo generation exists, but uh, most of them, most of them are Neptune and Virgo. No, most of them are Neptune and Virgo. And so Neptune and Virgo, um, that generation is like the ninth there. It's around like 1928 to 1943. <laughs> so, um, this was around, these individuals were born around the world wars. And so war and scarcity was something that they experienced. And so for them, a lot of them, and a lot of these individuals were raised by, I mean, not were raised by, were raising baby boomers. And if you've ever talked to a lot of baby boomers, a lot of them said that their parents were always so big on saving. They were always rationing food. They were always, they were always trying to save up every last penny. And uh, while I do want to say that this is from a Western perspective, I've noticed this around the world because the world war, so it affected the entire world. And so these individuals were big on efficiency and just trying to survive, which is a sign of Virgo, really. And to try and like maintain a sense of life and to try and be of service of others because of everything that they experienced during that time. So subconsciously, they were always just trying to survive. And that was their vision and ideal because of what they went through. They just were trying to be efficient because they don't know if they would be living for another day. And then we have the Neptune and Libra generation. So this was around 1943 to 1957. So a lot of the older boomers. So... 
the reason why we're always so annoyed by boomers is because of how they're like because of how like egocentric they are but that's because after the world wars all of the emphasis was placed on them because they were born after the wars after a period of depression of like just awful awfulness that happened with the wars and so they were the new hope for the future again that's why they're kind of kind of egocentric but this generation was all about loving each other and so they were kind of they created the hippie generation really so they placed their emphasis on relationships on love but a lot of the a lot of the negative sides of this generation that they're not always aware of is that when it comes to Libra, if they're always being so accommodating, they don't always speak about speak up about things that are bad. And so nothing gets changed because we don't address the bad. And sometimes you have to address the bad in order to be constructive, in order to make change. And so when they subconsciously act like that, when they're always being a people pleaser, they don't realize that it's affecting their mental health and it's affecting how they act with other individuals and that it doesn't allow for change. Then after that, we have like the later baby boomers, um, which is Neptune and Scorpio, and that's around 1956 to 1970. Scorpio, the sign of intensity, of intimacy. So I found that this generation always placed a huge emphasis on relationships because they really, really wanted to like the emphasis was that relationships are everything and that you matter more if you're my loved one versus having equality, being accommodating. It's kind of building away from like the Neptune and Libra generation. And so because the emphasis was placed on intimacy, sometimes sex was mistaken for intimacy and they passed down these ideals and values down to the later generation and so there wasn't really they weren't always able to differentiate the idea of well sex and intimacy and vulnerability but then we have the neptune and sagittarius generation so this was i would say around gen x 1970 to 1984 and a little bit of the older millennials so the neptune and sag generation sagittarius is about expansion about learning more about the world, expanding your horizons, and learning as much as you can about all the cultures in the world. And so the Neptune and Sag generation was bigger on learning about the different forms of spirituality and how sometimes spirituality can limit you and that you have to try and branch out and learn more. And that spirituality and religion, it should have a universal concept of love and it shouldn't be scaring you which is what sometimes religion does. And I find that these individuals, at least from my experiences, are so good. A lot of them have been my mentors when it came to spirituality, are really good at trying to help me understand the different spiritual facets that are present within the world. But the downfall of that, though, is that because you're grasping for so many different concepts, you don't have foundations. You don't have something to fall back on. And so that can sometimes be the negative sides of a lot of individuals from this generation where they have the whole peace, love, and light, but they're not 
because Sagittarius is so focused on optimism, they don't want to address the dark sides that are present within spirituality and that you have to have the good with the bad. And those who are aware of that concept from that generation are really good spiritual mentors, like my spiritual mentor. The next generation, though, we have is the Neptune and Capricorn generation. A lot of the millennials come from this generation, I find. 1984 to 1998. A little bit of Gen Z, Gen Z as well. And so they have this whole vision and idealistic viewpoint of structure and stability. And that they have to be stable in order to be happy individuals. And that they can't just live aimlessly. But sometimes the negatives that I've noticed with this generation, and it's funny because a lot of these people will have Uranus and Aquarius like I do, but then they have a different Neptune vision because they come from this Neptune and Capricorn generation. And so they believe that they need to have the stability to be happy. And so they chase for dreams and they don't care about, well, being connected together the same way that I like to be with my Neptune and Aquarius generation. And so a lot of them believe in, uh, believe in hurting other people to get to the top. And I've seen this and I'm not the biggest fan of it. And so that's the negative side sometimes when it comes to that. When you reach stability, what does stability even look like for you? You have to sit down and understand what it is. And sometimes it's not always materialistic. And they have to understand that Sometimes these messages that they have about stability can be something that their parents taught them. Then we have my generation, the Aquari Neptune and Aquarius generation, which is 1998 to 2012. A lot of these individuals have this ideal of humanitarianism, of equality, of individuality and being different. And so we openly talk about mental health. We openly talk about our sexuality, like I mentioned. But in a way... And we've used like technology to advance ourselves, but in a way, has it hindered us? Has it actually set us back by creating all these labels? Has it taken away from actually building connection with one another? One another? These are things that my generation really has to think about, and it's something that I've noticed. Then we have the final Neptune and Pisces generation, which is 2011 to 2026. This is all about I like spirituality of empathy, of compassion. But maybe the downfall will be that we can't always have that if we don't have structure. And that sometimes we can get lost in our own fantasies. So it'll be interesting to see this generation pop up and see how they manifest. That's all I have, folks. Thank you for listening. And until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>